0: On the flow, now my box froze. Fuck bowl, fuck stole. millions in bad bitch booted, on a bad got bank can't case close, close. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists, sake, goodbye to the lies, the fitness and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality. Guys, today we have Q and AF. That is where you submit the Q's, and I bring the AFs. And you can submit your questions to askandy at andyforsella.com. Thank you, DJ. Now, most of the time, you guys are going to tune in you're probably going to hear one of two things you're going to hear QAF or you're going to hear CTI. And CTI stands for Cruise the Internet. That is where we put up multiple topics on the screen. We talk about what little truth may be contained in these headlines and news stories. And then we talk about the problem at hand and then we talk about the solution. On today's show, QAF, we talk about the actual personal success, personal development solutions that we all need to uh, apply to ourselves to be part of the problem on an individual level. Now, the reason this is important to explain is because a lot of you guys don't connect the dots. There's macro problems, the problems in the world. There's micro problems, the problems with ourselves. And the big problems, the macro problems, can never be solved unless we fix the problems with ourselves first. So, of like peanut butter and jelly, right? Like Q and AF is probably the peanut butter and CTI is probably the jelly and somewhere we get the bread. I don't know where. Um, and then other times when you tune in, we have real talk. Real talk is a five to 20 minute, uh, rant based upon personal development or whatever issue I see needs to be addressed. Uh, and then sometimes when you tune in, we're going to have full length, which is more of a traditional style interview that you see like most everybody else doing. Uh, the overarching theme of this show is to fix the world's problems through personal excellence, okay I say often and you'll probably hear me say it many times on the show personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion and what that means is is that if we are ever going to truly free ourselves as individuals and free ourselves uh, from the controlling society that we live in right now, we are going to have to raise our standards when we become More educated. When we become more healthy, when we become more fit, when we become more financially successful, they have less control, which means you have more freedom. And that's what we're looking for here. Okay. Uh, that's the theme of the show. We also have what we call the fee for the show. If you're new, the fee is very simple. You'll notice I don't run ads on the show most of the time. Sometimes I talk about my energy drink. And you guys say it's an ad, but it's not an ad because it's my shit, all right? That's how, the, that's how I get around that little asterisk, all right? Um, but yeah, that's how the show works. So if you find value in the show and we haven't you know, filled your head with 30 minutes of fucking ads, I would appreciate if you told another human about the show, if you shared the show, if you gave us a share on your Instagram or your YouTube or your Twitter or uh, you know, wherever it is you hang out. Or if you just had a conversation about what we're talking about. Because the reality is, guys, the messages that we put out on this show are very important for everybody to hear, and they need to be shared. And they only get shared if you share them. So that's the fee. So you'll hear me say, pay the fee. That's what I mean when I say pay the fee. Um, So with that being said, we do have Q&AF today. And uh, so let's get started with that. What's happening, bro?
1: Hello, children.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready to do my bad jokes. All right. DJ's got his <laughs> bad jokes today. Uh, guys, normally we have DJ as the co-host, but today we have Zeeshan, uh who works on the podcast team every single day. All those little graphics that you see that we put up, uh, th- most of those come from him. Uh, he also runs the Frisella Fans uh, account. And zishan has got a great story, and I want to tell it because I don't think I've ever told it on the show before. Um, and this is, a sh- this is a really good story. This is, you were just a, a fan of the show. Yes, sir. And, and this is many years ago. And he created this account on his own accord. I didn't ask him to create it. Uh, called Frisella fans. And he started making his own content. And he's an artist and a digital artist uh, and also a, a regular artist, too. Uh, he's a man of many traits. Um, and well-read and highly cultured as well, I will say. Uh, Accepted. Yes, approved. Uh, much better jokes than DJ. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but he started making this content, and I didn't. I didn't know him from anybody. He was just a guy on the internet who makes content, and a lot of a lot of people take you know my audio and, and make little content with it, especially with TikTok now. Um, but he was one of the first guys that ever really did that, and he would always send me what he was making. I'm like, man, this dude's making some cool shit, you know. And eventually, we we became friends through DMS and, and, uh, you know, you were living in Chicago, right? Correct. Yeah. And we called you up for an interview. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And we came down and you didn't take the job. Did you right away or we didn't hire you or something? Yeah. It was a no in the first time. Yeah, what, what, Was it a no from us to you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause why? Cause you wanted too much fucking money. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I uh, learned my lesson. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you learned though? You create the content. You got the job, and now you're making more money than the money you were asking for. Correct. Quite a bit more, okay? Um, but this is how this works. This is how success works. And now with a lot, he's a major part of the team. All the guys are a major part of the team. I think we all play our parts. It's not just me. It's not just DJ. Uh, we all do things well, and we work to get together well. But I think the the lesson here is you know, a lot of people want they want the recognition. They want the pay, the pay up front, and then they want to work. And uh, I just want to commend you because you put in the dues before you ever got a dollar for it for a long time, bro. And uh, you know, now guys, he's one of the—he's seriously one of the smartest people I know. He's one of the best people I know, and uh, I'm really fucking proud of you, bro. Thank you. So uh, I mean that. I'm not trying to have a teary moment on the podcast, <laughs> but I know you know I mean that. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: I, like I always
0: say. I cannot
1: do what I do with the team here, with Bidad, Joe, Keith, and under your and Emily's supervision and other people in the team who don't get their names out as much. And the one other thing that I want to say before we get to the questions is, when you asked me to come work for you, you had no idea if I was a 30 year old guy or if I was a 60 year old woman, you had no idea about my name, gender, where I was, what did I do, you asked me everything. Afterwards. Yeah. So that, that's something I really respect about you. Well, the,
0: if I had known that you were Indian and you were an immigrant, I, don't I never, sure would have never, never. Yeah. never. Of course. Now I know. Bro, I'm a fucking white supremacist racist. Absolutely. Everybody knows that. Everybody. Yeah. So,
1: so definitely wanted to
0: say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, uh, here's your big chance. DJ's away on business, on some other business, and uh, let's do the show. Black man's loss. Is that another non-black man's win? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we could tell race jokes without DJ here. All right, well, fucking fire me. I don't know. But hey, here we go, dude.
1: Question number one. So this guy who's writing, he says, we are a very specialized niche business. We provide some products in the aviation industry. I had to stop running ads during the COVID time, but my competitor did not. So now when people look for my products, I don't come up as the number one result, whereas uh, the, my competitor does. So what can companies like me do to regain what was lost during that time? And how can we distance
0: themselves further the, from the competition? Well, look, you know, through any difficult time, uh, especially when, when you haven't been through many difficult times, sometimes we make decisions. Um, and a lot of times they're wrong. Uh, I'm going to tell you that that was probably not a good decision. I'll give you an example as to why. Um, there's a, a restaurant here in St. Louis uh, that is a sushi restaurant. And it's a sushi restaurant that I've gone to for 14 or 15 years. And we went to order sushi not too long ago. And uh, we ordered uh, the same thing that we always ordered. And uh, they were like, well, the menu's changed a little bit. And we're like, oh, cool. Like, this has to be great. And we, we don't have what you ordered, but we're going to suggest this and this and this. And so we, they suggested we We were excited. We got the food. And the food was literally not comparable in a bad way to what they were serving before. If what they were serving before, I would consider a 10. This was literally a two. And it was super disheartening and super disappointing because I knew what had happened inside that company because cost of goods are crazy. Inflation's crazy. Um, And instead of deciding to raise their price, which they would have to do, which all companies are having to do, every single company has to do it. Like you guys have to understand those same price increases that you're seeing across the board Those are even magnified for these companies. And a lot of people think, oh, the companies are artificially inflating their prices. Motherfucker. Shipping is double what it was, okay? Every single grocery item that you go buy in the grocery is double what it was. Gas is double what it was. Uh, Inflation is at nearly 10%, which means our money is worth way less than what it was even a year ago. And all of these things affect businesses just like they affect your personal uh, financial statement at home, right? Your, your cash flow at home. So, these, this company had a decision to make, and their decision was okay, we can either raise prices or we can keep prices the same, and lower the quality of the product. And that is the wrong decision. The second part is the wrong decision. The right decision would be to raise the price, keep the product integrity where it was, understand that. People will not be able to buy your shit for a minute, but they will also know that when things correct, which they will, that you're still serving a great product. But instead, because the product was not great anymore, I'm likely to never, ever go back to that place again. So they're going to have customers that are going to try this new, you know, this new quote unquote menu change. And they're going to understand what happened and they're not going to go back. And this company would have been, mu- this restaurant would have been much better off just being transparent and putting out a statement and said, guys, due to the situation in the world, our prices have gone up. And people will understand because the price is going up everywhere. We all understand that. Yes. It fucking sucks, but it's not the company's fucking fault. And I, I haven't reached out to this company yet, but I'm going to because I care about these people. I've been going there for a long time and they're very, very good people. They just made a poor decision. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to explain to the, in regards to this question is this: you made, a, you, made a, you made an amateur decision, okay? Because even though you had to make cuts, what you did was make cuts in your brand awareness, which means you are starting to, you're going to have to start from scratch to rebuild that brand awareness. Now, don't be t- totally discouraged by that because there's some benefits to that as well. Let's just say that your brand Maybe wasn't what it is now three years ago, which is probably true. If this person is intelligent in whatsoever, they've learned a lot the last three years. So this actually, I would encourage them to look at this as an opportunity to actually rebrand in a way that is superior to what their competitors' brand has been. So you actually have a good opportunity here if you choose to see it that way. Yeah, it sucks that your cut that your brand, your other company has got some more traction than you right now, but. Because you've already made the wrong decision, uh, which your right decision would have been to maintain the brand awareness uh, over the course of that tough time. Because now people probably think that this company made not they made a close during COVID or they went away or whatever. But now because you made that decision and and it was the wrong decision, but you can make it the right decision by rebranding your company in a superior way and then just starting over to, in terms of your ads, in terms of your Google search. Uh, and all these dynamics that you're trying to build when you try to build awareness for your brand. That's how I would approach this. So understand, it's going to take time. You're going to have to make investment. You're going to have to start running ads again. And it is going to take time for people to learn about your company again. But this time, when they learn about your company, they should see something that is far superior to what they saw three years ago. You follow what I'm saying? So that's how I would choose to solve this problem. I would say, okay, that sucks. We're definitely starting over from scratch, but these guys have established themselves as this 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 and we can do this 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 plus, you know, five on this 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 this. So, that's how I would look at it. You're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to do the gritty, you know, start over work, earn these customers one by one by one by one over time. The other thing I would say to this person is this is also a chance to really get good on your retention practice so that um these leads that you do end up accumulating from your ad, you actually keep this time instead of having them flow through. Because most businesses, to be honest, look at the relationship with the customer as a transactional relationship and not a lifetime relationship. And had you built your brand uh, in a, a in terms of a lifetime brand before COVID, you, you could have stopped those ads and your business would have stayed where it was. That's right. Okay. But you, so so from what I can tell just by the nature of the question, there's two holes in this, in this game plan. One, um, you made a mistake, all right? And two, you probably weren't retrain, retaining your customers to a point of where they were loyal in the first place, all right? So take those two lessons, plug them into your, your rebrand that you're going to do, become a better, stronger brand, become better, stronger at creating loyalty and retention, and just go, dude. And it's going to take you a couple of years to get where, back where you want to go. But when you get back to that place where you want to go, it's going to be much more solid, much more stable, and actually superior to your competitor. And so people coming up who are now with your competitor right now, they're going to look and say, oh, well, fuck, here's these guys. Where'd they come from? Oh, that's, that's these guys who used to be, They man, they've really come around. And it actually will serve you in the customer's frame of mind.
1: Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think also the past customers would be happy too that you were doing even
0: better products Absolutely. than Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you could kind of play it as, hey, we took some time to solve some of the internal problems. We looked how we could better serve our customers. Uh, we took some time to solve the, plug these holes in our system. Uh, but here we are and we're ready to kick ass for you. Give us a try. And that's how I would approach it. I love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
1: Uh, this is sort of a personal question. So this person is saying, I've been dealing with my spouses substance abuse we've been together for about 20 years now and we have three kids together he's getting treatment now and i'm working on improving my own mental and physical health i'm just having a hard time focusing on my goals and i would appreciate any advice to overcome this hurdle what helps you stay focused in on your goals when there's a lot of personal
0: shit going on uh, look, I understand something that I think a lot of people don't understand. And that's this. If you wake up every single day and you execute regardless of what's going on, okay? Like there's been on I mean, bro, hundreds of times where I've been working out solving a some sort of crisis on my headset or I've been doing my outdoor cardio uh, solving some sort of whatever the crisis of the day. I mean, I'm involved in a number of different companies. There's not a day that goes by there isn't a fucking crisis, okay? Uh, and in fact, I'm going to solve this problem for a lo- this problem of anxiety for a lot of you guys right now. Uh, it's going to be every day. Every day, there's going to be a crisis. Every motherfucking day, there's going to be some shit. Every day. If you walk into the day thinking that, It's going to be this easy day. You're always going to be disappointed. So, as an entrepreneur, you should wake up knowing that your role is to solve the problems. And if you just accept that role and understand that the problems are going to come and you may not know when they're coming, you can live with a lot more peace and a lot less anxiety. That's been a perspective that has really helped me um, deal with the constant barrage, right? Everybody, you and everybody here that is listening that has a, a, Bro, even if you don't have a company, even if you just work in a company, because it's life, right? There's a fucking crisis every motherfucking day. It's just reality, dude. So instead of like expecting it to be free and easy and then being surprised when the crisis comes, maybe you should just understand that your role is to be a great problem solver and you should just become better at that and be confident in your ability to solve problems. And then you won't be surprised and you won't be waiting for the shit coming because you know it's coming. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you have a lot less anxiety, more peace. That's just a little tip on this. Uh, but here's the main answer to this question. I, I understand the, the, that if I execute every single fucking day, no matter what the fuck is going on, meaning I do my, my weights, I do my cardio, I stay to my diet, I, I drink my water, I read my, my personal development books, and I do those things every single fucking day. And then I do my, my critical tasks that I have to do for business, right? That's a whole different list. But if I execute on those, it doesn't matter if people fucking hate me. It doesn't matter if the world's crashing down. It doesn't matter if people are talking shit. It doesn't matter if some, whatever the fuck's going on in the world. Because at the end of the day, I'm still moving forward. I'm still getting better and I still won that day. And if you can win... Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and you lose Friday and you win Saturday and then Sunday, let's just say you fuck off, you're still going to win in life. That's going to be a fucking cumulative win. The reason most people don't win in life is because every single fucking crisis that comes down the road uh, creates them to change their habits and they make decisions based upon what's going on in the external world. I do not make decisions based upon what's going on in the external world. I make decisions based on what I decide to do. And then the external world does what it does. And I respond, but I also understand that like, I can only respond to the things that are in my control and God has to take care of the rest. And I've accepted that. That's just reality, dude. Like once you accept that and you understand that if you execute every single day and you get your shit done, it really doesn't matter what happens in the world. It doesn't matter if people are mad at you. It doesn't matter if it doesn't fucking matter because you're still moving forward and that cumulative effort of moving forward will put you in a better place uh, over the course of time than than, than anybody else because everybody else has fallen off track every single time. Uh, you know, in fact, I'll say I think most people look for reasons to fucking come off their program. I think most people look for reasons to be a victim. I think that's how far culture has slidden. I, I, I think that we have we don't have we don't have the culture that we used to have. Like when people say, oh, proud, gritty, tough Americans. Like that shit is over, dude. We have to rebuild it. You know what I'm saying? And most people would rather have the attention of a post saying about why they can't and why they're struggling than, than they would to actually accomplish what it is they're supposed to accomplish. I, I, because it's the instant gratification. You want the dopamine now instead of the actual result in the real world. And that's a losing strategy. You're going to lose that way. And so, you know, the, the, how I deal with these things is this. I mean, bro, I just went through one of the hardest fucking times of my life. Like, the last fucking 10 weeks or so have been extremely difficult for me um, because I was coming off of 10 years of fucking antidepressants, uh, and it was really fucking hard. Uh, I, now, for you guys who are concerned, I feel really good now. I feel... I actually feel how I used to feel before this, which was like a fucking savage. Um, I'm having feelings again. I'm having emotions again. And at first it was really tough, uh, but I'm not having the, the I'm not having the physical withdrawals. I'm not having the dizziness. I'm not having the vertigo. I'm not having the brain zaps. I feel really fucking good. And uh, the way I was able to push through that is the same way I'm I'm speaking about now, which was I just executed and like, dude. All through those last 10 weeks, I would say 98% of those days were a win, even though they sucked, even though it was the hardest time of my life. And here I am at the end of that 10 weeks, uh, coming at the end of a year of not being able to train. And I'm probably, I don't know, at longest, 60 days out from the best shape I've ever been in in my entire life at the longest. It might be 40 days. I don't know. We're going to find out. But the point is, had I not executed, that wouldn't be the case. I'd be starting over with six months of work in front of me. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So we have to train ourselves. And this is why, you know, the Live Hard program is such an important program. You can learn about the Live Hard program on episode 208. But the reason it's such an important program is because when you invest in developing that discipline muscle that that is within all of us then you, you develop all the other things that allow you to do what I just said. Because everybody's listening right now and if you haven't like really invested into your discipline, you're hearing that and you're like, fuck, that, that, that's really fucking hard though, bro. But yeah, it is, but it also isn't. What, what, what's really hard is to just to fall off track and then look up a fucking massive problem that you created by being inactive and falling off your game plan and then having to fix it. It's a downward spiral you want to avoid. So, you know, make the investment And developing your discipline, and when you develop your discipline, a lot of other things that are beneficial come from that. Grit, fortitude, self-belief, self-esteem, self-worth, confidence. These are all things that you need to be able to push through the hard times, okay? So you might be hearing what I'm saying right now and being like, fuck, I can't fucking do that. My life's fucking crazy, dude. My wife's fucking mad at me. My husband's mad at me. My kids are fucking tyrants, like fucking... Biden's fucking everything up. Like we can say all these things, but at the end of the day, guys, that all of that shit still does not affect our personal actions. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. So if we, if we can execute during the hard times that like, if we can learn to execute during the times that literally fucking crush other people, what can you do in the times that aren't that hard? And we have a tremendous opportunity right now with the way the world situation is to become some of the baddest motherfuckers that ever lived. Because in my lifetime, this is easily the worst situation that we've ever been in economically. Um, and I kind of look at it like that. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we're gonna go through a fucking test. We're gonna find out how full of shit everybody is, you know. But I can tell you this: I'm sure glad that I have been making those investments, and I plan to make those investments still through this time that we're getting ready to go through because. I want to get stronger and I want to get better. And when that time ends and things get better, I want to be running at full speed. I don't want to be crawling or picking up the pieces of my life and trying to regather. I want to be as close to as good as I could possibly be so that I'm running full speed. And that way, that allows me to create distance between myself and everybody else that's legitimately competing with me. So, yeah. Yeah. So, bro, like, you know. You have to understand these outside, we, we live in a culture that will validate your quitting or your, uh, you know, lack of action, huh? lack of action. Yeah. Your lack of action, your, your, your passive nature, your excuse making. We live in the most conducive culture that's ever existed for that because the people who are in charge of creating the culture actually do want us sick, fat, poor, and stupid so that they can have greater control over us. And so we have a tremendous opportunity to accomplish a whole bunch of things at once uh, by just raising our own personal standards, investing in our own discipline, becoming more independent, becoming stronger, becoming tougher, becoming more gritty, because that actually will help us restore our fucking actual freedom and take the power away from the people who are oppressing all of us, because that's actually what's happening. This is, we're, 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 all of humanity is being oppressed By the ruling elite class Across the globe It's just the fucking way it is And everywhere else It's worse than it is here So think about that True So um, If you really want to say Hey fuck you To these people You do it by becoming A fucking machine You become fucking fit You become rich You become Mentally uh, A student of the game You're learning new shit Every single day You're seeking the truth Uh, You become spiritually aligned All right, And you move And you keep moving And you never quit moving and that's what the fuck it takes. Absolutely. One
1: of the things that I would touch on, on mental toughness and discipline, that everybody in the room has done 75 hearts, so they would attest to it. But one thing that I learned from you is, all my life, I thought that they were something that they, you were born with. Yes. All, it took me a long time to understand, especially under the 75 heart
0: program, was
1: these are something you can cultivate. Yes. By yes. day, by day,
0: by day, by day. That's a common assumption. Like, that's one thing. Bro, I was no different than that. That's how I. That's how I got to the whole live hard, seventy five hard program. People sometimes look at me and they think I have some sort of special thing that they don't have, and and then when I tell them I don't, they get mad at me and they say, "Well, you're being overly humble." And I'm like, "No, bro. Like, if you if you guys could zoom back in time and watch." how I have been my entire life up until maybe the last five or six years, um, there was nothing special about it. I, I, I had bursts of success, uh, but I wasn't in control of it. I would just kind of catch the momentum and I was, I was smart enough to be able to ride the momentum when I had it, but then it would naturally sort of like spiral out of control and I would find myself back in a place of being fat again. Like, bro, I gained weight and lost weight probably 30 fucking times, right? This last time, 2015, when I started, you know, I lost 110 pounds that first year. I haven't fucking put any of that weight back on. In fact, I've continually progressed my physique year after year after year after year. And now here I am at 43 years old, literally about to be in the best shape that I've ever fucking been at any age. And that's because I under—I—I I figured something out that I didn't know before. And then what I figured out was we are actually in control of our m- momentum. And when we don't have momentum, we create the momentum by actually stacking daily wins on top of each other, okay? So you start with one day. You, every single person listening can win today. Every single person. You, dude, if you're listening to this and it's in the morning time and uh, this is going to come out on a Friday, you can win today. And a lot of you won't win because you're like already made plans to go to one happy day. hour or go- we Start Monday. Yeah, that's right. But if you're real serious about fucking starting today, you would start right now.
1: Absolutely. That's the truth. One of the things that people, a lot of people don't understand is I could be a 20-year-old college student or a 37-year-old mom of two, and I can take those principles where you said and been in any area of life. Yeah. Those are applicable
0: in any area of that's life. That's right. That's that's the key part. That's right, brother. So, so guys, when you're at your lowest, like a lot of people hit me up right now and they're like, because like, dude, times are pretty tough, right? Um, And they say, "Well, fuck," you know. And bro, but by the way, times are going to get a lot tougher, like a lot tougher. I'm sorry to say that. I hate saying it. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I think it would be a good idea for you to start preparing yourself for some extremely fucking difficult times. And that means you should start preparing your mind, you start preparing your body, you start preparing your mentality right now. Okay, and then as things progress. You'll be creating momentum by stacking day after day after day after day. And what you'll find yourself doing, which will feel really weird because I've done this, is you will actually become the best you've ever been in the hardest time that's ever existed. You know, during COVID, I told everybody, I said, well, fuck, dude, I'm doing this. um, And this is going to be the time where I look back and I'm going to say, that's what made me. And now I can look back over the last two or three years and I'm like, fuck. That is what made me like I'm going what I'm going to do next is 10,000 times bigger than anything I've ever done in every area of your life. That's it. So you 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 can't look at it as holy shit. The world's crumbling. What's actually happening is their world is crumbling. Our world is about to become fucking free. But what we have to do is control. what We could control. We have to put good things in our brains. We have to win. You know day by day by day by day. And when you do that during a challenging time, I think it actually, the program actually works in a better way because you're actually more proud of yourself because like, bro, I could have really fucked up my life right now. And you start realizing where you could be instead of the track you're on. And, and it builds even more confidence than what you would have had uh, in, in like good times, right? Because if you could win in hard times, you could fucking dominate in great times. And you would never want to go back again. That's it. Moving forward.
1: Question number three. Uh, This one says, this is a business question. It says, you've been in a business for a long time and have dealt with a lot of different types of personalities. Have you ever had a person who has been very stubborn or a control freak with a very important role in your company? And if you had a person like that, how did you handle that? Well, look,
0: That's, you know, everybody looks at the world through different perspective. You know, like what's control freak to you might not be a control freak to me. Um, I'm a detail person. So I actually like people that want to control all the variables because when you control all all the variables that you can, there's less area for fucking fuck ups. So... um, Stubbornness is a difficult thing. You know, uh, personalities are a difficult thing. I think the hardest thing about building a brand or building a company that has employees is definitely managing the personalities and what you're going to have to learn. And one of the biggest things that you can learn is that, you know, not everybody's the same as you and they're not going to be the same as you. And so what I try to do is I try to really look at people as sets of strengths and weaknesses. So, I all of my executives here at the company, uh all of my key people that I that I've known, you know, who have been here for a decade, like I I could tell I could make a list. And I could say, okay, this is where they're strong, this is where they're weak. And they could make that same list about me. There's no question. And I think I think the more the better way to look at this instead of saying, "How do I change someone's uh traits?" is more so which by the way, you you can help people, but you know, Stubbornness is a hard one because when you're trying to cure someone of stubbornness and they're already stubborn, resist you're fighting them. two battles, right? Yeah. Um, so, how I would encourage someone to look at this maybe a little bit differently is to say, okay, this person has these five strengths and has these two weaknesses, and I understand that about them, okay? And then I would work to position that person in your company in the role where those strengths will best serve the company. And the weaknesses will be the least amount of liability. Okay. And then you place them in that role, understanding that these are the like, I have people like I've got people in my company um, who are very fucking awesome. Like they're, so, so, I, dude, I don't even know how to say this without making it bad because it's not bad. Um, but let's just say you had someone in your company who's just literally the fucking best at everything. They're fucking great. Everybody loves them but then they're disorganized and they let things slide through the cracks, right? That's a problem because when things slide through the cracks for your customers, they don't see it that way. They see it as your fucking company's fucked up. So like just say in that kind of a situation, what I would do is I would put that person in a position where they, their strengths are amplified and then I would give them some support on the backside so that maybe not everything felt through the cracks. And I would do that support through maybe um, a special system that they have to abide by or some sort of fail safe that would keep them from allowing things to fall through the cracks because they're disorganized. Maybe I would help teach them how to be more organized. Um, but there's all kinds of things I would do to help them supplement those weaknesses. And so, you know, in this situation, the way to look at it could be, you know, this person is really good at A, B, and C, and they have this problem of being stubborn. Uh, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to coach them on how, how the stubbornness is really holding them back while I, while I praise them and put them in a position for their strengths to be amplified. Uh, because bro, if, if you, if people aren't aware enough to understand that we all have our own weaknesses, like I know my weaknesses are like my weakness is absolutely 100% that my heart is way too fucking big. And I give motherfuckers way too many chances. And that's really a, it's a liability. Because what ends up happening is people that I should have maybe separated from early end up escalating into a massive fucking problem because I gave them the benefit many times, right? And I have a soft spot for people who have been through difficult times because I've been through very difficult times. So I always believe in people's goodness and their, and their abilities and I see the best in people and, and, and sometimes that can really come to fuck you up. Uh, if you're not aware of it, right? So I've had to learn those. I've learned that lesson the hard way many times. Uh, but I also know that my big heart has produced much more benefit than it ever has negativity. So I'm willing to accept when those things happen, um, because I understand what's the good. The good outweighs the bad, if that makes sense. So a lot of this is perspective. You're never going to have an employee or a leader in your company that is perfect. They're always going to have weaknesses, and the best way to to um really address these issues is going to be to put them in a position to succeed with their strengths and then also uh, help them see their weaknesses. Because dude, people don't really fix shit about themselves until they decide it's a problem. Truth. Right? Absolutely. So it's not like you walk in and you say, you fucking stubborn, blah, 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 blah. Like that's not going to work. How to make this work would be to allow the stubbornness to sort of get them in a pickle sometimes. And then come in and be like, what do you think caused this? Where should the decision, you know what I mean? And walk them through it. And then and then maybe say something like this. Well, you, you know, real talk, bro. Like, you know, you're kind of stubborn, right? Like sometimes, like, do you think maybe this is a product of that? And usually what'll happen is they'll be like, fuck, I know, dude. Like, I really work. And they'll start to open up. And now you have a real opportunity to fix the problem because, they've identified it as a, re- a real thing. that makes sense?
1: Absolutely. And I think if they're receptive to change and to improve, yeah. they will understand
0: where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, bro. Because look, here's the reality, bro. Business is hard as fuck. It's super fucking hard. No matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are, no matter what your intentions are, you are still going to have mistakes to happen inside your company. And the goal is to have, be perfect and have no mistakes. And here's the other thing. When your company operates at a very high standard and then a mistake happens, you are judged unfairly harsh for it because you're perfect all the time. I have this situation this situation happens quite fre- frequently here at our, uh, at first form. Um, you know everybody knows that like we, you know people usually get notes on their tickets, right? Well, we do tens of thousands of orders every fucking day, and our guys and our team in the back are so good at creating the extra, you know, the notes and, and creating the, the relationship with the customers, et cetera, et cetera, that now when people don't get them, they get upset. And I'm like, well, dude, they're not, re- we, like, that's what people don't understand. It's not that we require them to do notes in every order. These fuckers are just so fucking good and they, and they, that they do that. And when we don't hit orders, because that's just the statistical data. We don't do them for every single order. It appears as if we, we're losing something, right? So when you do an exceptional job and then you don't do it, it looks like you're failing when in reality, you're still better than everybody else. So be prepared for that because people will judge you that way um, when you have high standards. But the payoff is still much better by having those high standards. So I think I think the reality of it is this. You do the best you fucking can you understand you're not going to be perfect. When you're not perfect, you fucking do what you can to make it right and you move forward. When you have employees that have weaknesses, you put them in positions where they can win, where they can provide the most value for the company and then you help them discover their own weaknesses and then help them overcome those weaknesses and become stronger. You don't point them out. You don't make fun of them. It's not a fucking, you know, it's not a, you're a piece of shit. You got to fix it. Like that's not like, bro. And by the way, that's how I used to be. You know, if you were to go back, you know, pre-2015, uh I was a completely different leader. You know, I I was I was a poor leader, like poor, not fucking okay. I was poor. And uh a lot of the things I'm talking about here, they come from me making all those mistakes, right? Like nobody listens to you when you come in and you say, Hey, bro, you fucking suck at that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, now I might say that now, joking around, right? But I say it. In a way where you kind of know I'm telling the truth too, right? Um, so there's there's a it's just developing as a leader, bro. And this what what this person's asking about is just a normal situation that you would have to deal with with people. And if you're going to run an organization with people, um, you're going to have to understand that there's it's going to be a lot of personality development, a lot of personal development, a lot of skill building, and uh, that comes with you know, the responsibility for having people identify where the areas where they need improvement and then having them decide of how to improve, you know, because people always perform better when it's their idea versus when you tell them to. So, um, and then, you know, as a consumer, you guys should probably understand that like, uh, you know, nobody means to make mistakes, like nobody means to fuck up. And like, maybe when you, maybe when you, you know, have a, a poor experience, like, let's say I had with this sushi place, right? Like I'm not canceling them on the internet. I'm not trashing them on the internet. I'm gonna go have a conversation with the family that owns it and say, "Hey guys, here, you know, I, I understand what you did because they made, you know, 14 years of positive deposits, deposits. into yep. my life. Yep. right. So like one bad decision, uh, you know, I actually think because they made all those good deposits, I owe it to them." to go give them the real feedback in a constructive way. See what I'm saying? Right. And if we all thought like that, as opposed to this cancel culture shit where we're just like, oh my God, these people fucked up my order one fucking time in five years. They're pieces of shit. Are you sure they're pieces of shit? Because... You liked them for the last five fucking years. You know what I'm saying? And if the tables
1: were to turn- You would want that grace. Yeah, exactly. And you've talked about it. You posted it on your story so many times. Yeah. Like we should show grace to others like how we expect it to ourselves. Well,
0: isn't that in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Like, isn't that biblical shit? Absolutely. Like, you know, I think when you show grace to people, people show grace to you. And I think our society lacks grace um, right now in a really bad way. You know, there's people on the internet that just fucking tear people down. That's their, you know, whole fucking thing. Uh, everybody wants to jump on everybody. The minute we find out something bad about them, bro, nobody's perfect out there. Everybody has fucking shit. Everybody's struggling with shit. You know, like most of these motherfuckers out there in the real world are living in complete fear. Cause like they, cause they've gone through a development process where, you know, they look like I was talking to one of my guys earlier today who, uh, uh, I'm really fucking proud of. And when he first came here, I thought he would probably make it maybe three, two, three weeks. Okay. Um, and he's become one of my favorite fucking people in this fucking building. And we were talking and, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I just think it's important to cut people slack. Like this dude Like he almost ran me over in his fucking car, uh, like the second day he was at work because as he was leaving work, he was smoking a fucking joint. And I normally like 10 years ago, I would have fired his ass right there. But you know what I thought? I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this dude a shot. And you know what? For the last two fucking years, three years, we've been, uh, with this guy. I come here on Saturday. He's fucking here. Come here on Sunday. He's fucking here. I go outside, do my cardio. Where's he? Oh, he's out in the fucking parking lot on the fucking phone. This guy has worked his fucking ass off and he has earned my motherfucking respect. And so like, because I was able to give a little bit of grace, right? In the beginning, now this man has developed a true career for himself. He's going to have a totally different fucking life. And, and I'm proud of that, right? Absolutely. So maybe if we just realize that not everybody is a total piece of shit because they made one mistake. Uh, maybe the world would be a little bit better place. You know, him and I were talking a little bit ago and we were both talking about like how in the past, you know, there's all kinds of relationships that we regret how we handled them. You know, friends, uh, uh, significant others, but that's everybody, right? Like every single fucking human listening to this show can go back five years ago and be like, fuck, I can't believe I was that person. And so now you have everybody in the world living in fucking fear because they're afraid that some person from 10 years ago is going to come around and be like, Aah! and dude, the internet holds them to that. Like that's absurd shit. Like when you guys are fucking on Twitter and you're jumping on motherfuckers for shit they did 10 years ago and ruining them and getting them out. Bro, that is the, first of all, it's terrible fucking karma. Second of all, It's probably about the worst fucking thing you could ever do to someone because that person has likely, just like you, put in a shit ton of work to become who the fuck they are today. And you're holding them accountable for 20 fucking years ago. Never in humanity has that been the case before. You know, when our parents grew up, you know, they were able to live a very uh, less stressful existence because... Their whole entire life wasn't recorded for the last fucking 20 years. And that's the world we live in. And then people use it against people. And bro, what's that create? That creates depression, fear, anxiety, paralysis of creating more growth in their life. You know, a lot of people are afraid that they don't want to do anything because they're afraid if they step out in the fucking light, people are going to fucking, you know, ruin their lives. And like, bro, we're not having, this is why we don't have our best and brightest in the political system. You know how many motherfuckers I know that are like legit, genius business people that could fix this country? And I say to them, I say, why, why don't you get involved? And they're like, fuck out, dude. Why would I do that? Look what they do to these people. Look what they did to your buddy, Eric Gritens. You see what I'm saying? And we can't be like that, and he, we can't be like that, especially in this country, if we want the best and brightest to step forward and create for the rest of the citizens. So we have to fucking stop. This cancel culture shit has to stop. This fucking bullshit has to stop. This hate has to stop. And we have to start understanding that just like you motherfuckers all have shit in your fucking past that you do not want anybody knowing. So does anybody else. So when that shit comes out, maybe you should consider like I did with with the guy I was mentioning. That's right. And And I'm not proud of this. But have I ever smoked a fucking joint in my car? Yeah, I have. Also, I was thinking of- You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So so if I condemn that guy and say, well, fuck you, get the fuck out of here for a mistake I also made, what does that make me? That makes me a fucking hypocrite. Right? It's not good, man. That's true. And also, I was thinking, had you
1: not given him the second chance, what about the two years or three years of contribution he
0: has given to your company? The positive- bro. Like, yeah, that, I mean, I totally appreciate that, but like, I'm much more proud of who he's become. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, look, everybody at these companies that we're involved in is a fucking winner. That's the reality. Like if someone is repping any of the companies that we work with, um, or that I'm involved in, they're working hard. They're fucking want to win. They're doing their best. That's the reality. Okay. We don't, you can't work here if you don't have that. Truth. Like. A, a regular person working in a corporate job in corporate America literally could not work for me. So um, they would come here and they would be like, there,
1: there's no way I can work here. I've only been here two and a half years and I've seen people quit the first day, second day, within a week. Oh, I've yeah, yeah. With my own They know house. right away because yep. it's
0: a different thing. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? so, um, but, you know, that's a testament to the people that are, that are here. They're, they're, they're top level all the way across the board. People that represent the brand, top level, all the way across the board. Um, but anyhow, I don't even know how I went there. But the point is, is like, dude, be fucking cool. Like, I understand everybody. You look, you want the world seeing all your shit. And if they do see your shit uh, and you own it, do you still want them fucking uh, ruining your whole life? Like, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, I wish people would fucking think about those things because everybody thinks it's never going to be them. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking it, it's. And I actually think when you pile on to people like that, you're just ensuring that the universe is going to crack back on you 10 times harder. Karmic debt. It's happening, dude. Absolutely. Like every time you fucking pile on someone or kick someone when they're down or even kick someone when they're up, which is even fucking worse because when you kick someone when they're up, what you're really telling to the universe is, I don't want that fucking life. I don't want to win. I don't want to succeed, right? You don't have to like them, but if you kick them when they're up, You're ensuring that you stay where the fuck you are. And I can assure you as a man who has accomplished a few things on this planet and who has lived for 43 fucking years of life and worked enough hours that a 65-year-old man would have worked, I can promise you that's the case. I believe that. Yeah. It's the truth. It's the truth. So anyhow, is is that? Well, that's three. That's three. So go pay the fee. That's right. Go pay the fee, baby. Hey guys, uh I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Talk to you next time. Pay the fee. Yeah, Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck up pole, fuck up stove, counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bank road, can't fold, does not know. head shot, case closed,